For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code Believe, that's capital B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Nuggets. I am your host, Asher Levy. As always, joined by my lovely co host, Gage Richard. And today we are going to be talking about actual NBA basketball. Not preseason, not summer league, not training camp, actual regular season games. We have seen the Nuggets play three of those games, and they are 2-1 and one so far. They open the season with a stinker against the Utah Jazz, but the last two games have been good, high vibes, beating the Warriors, the defending champions, in somewhat convincing fashion, and then beating uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder last night uh, in their home opener. We've seen Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. be back. They've played a couple games each. And we have a lot to talk about now, finally. So uh, before we get any further into it, Gage, how how do you feel so far about uh, just the Nuggets in general? Like, what are your general takeaways after these first three games? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that real basketball is back. I uh, was tired of dealing with preseason stuff, and as everybody that pays attention to my Film Friday things would notice, I was inconsistent as all get out over the summer because finding film for this team and finding new things to talk about was rather difficult. Uh, I had no problem on Friday this last week, and I should have no problem the rest of the year because this team, this team has a lot of wrinkles that are fun to explore and fun to pay attention to. So there are nits and like nit nits to pick with the roster but i mean we're only three games in so i'm not gonna like hammer anything too much but it's it is a fun team with a lot of uh potential i think yeah uh those uh, yeah we've seen only a few games so uh, take everything we say today with a grain of salt we have only seen three games of 82 there are 79 more games to be played there are probably roster changes that will be made throughout the season whether that be at the deadline whether that be just picking someone out uh, up off the buyout market there are a lot of things that can and probably will happen with this team but we are going to talk about what we've seen so far which has been interesting uh, at the very least i'm a fan of a lot of what we've seen uh, i'm not sure about gauge We'll get into it. But the first thing uh, to talk about 
is that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are back. Uh, Michael Porter is uh, playing seemingly every game. He played both games on the back-to-back with the Jazz and the Warriors, or not the Jazz, the Warriors and the Thunder game uh, with, you know, him playing sizable minutes in every game so far. He played 37, I think it was, against the Jazz. He played... Uh, 30 plus minutes and I'm pretty sure every game so far he is averaging uh, let me check real quick he is averaging 30 minutes a game uh, so far this season he actually played under 30 minutes in the last two games he played 35 against the Jazz and then he played 27-54 against Golden State though a large part of that is the fact that he had those five fouls uh, so he was out for a good portion of the fourth quarter and then uh, against OKC, he played 27-39. Again, had four fouls, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But uh, So, yeah, he's played under 28 minutes in each of the last two games, but I don't know. I don't think that that's a, like, a health issue. I think that's just game flow than anything else. Yeah, so I stand corrected. But uh, regardless, he looks like he did uh, beforehand, and it seems that the Nuggets are not treating him as if he is uh, injured. You know, they're... They're not giving him what they're doing with Jamal Murray. They're not which treating is him like he's fragile. Slow. I think that I yeah. think that he's truly back. Like if uh, at the very beginning you're like, "Yep, they're both back." I do think they're both back. I think Porter is more back though than Murray is. Like he just he looks like he is. He looks like the guy that he was before his injury. Which I mean, you would hope that that is the case, and I think that Murray will get there as well. But just watching them both play, I I think that Porter. I think he wants to be out there. I think that he is the reason that he didn't rest on the back-to-back. Like, I think if the team, like, wanted to, they could have made him rest. But I think he just wants to be out there and wants to be playing and get being playing in a rhythm, which makes a lot of sense. He's a he's a high-volume shooter. He's always been a high-end shooter as well. That And those types of guys thrive on being in a rhythm. The guy is going out there. He had uh, 10 three-point attempts in his last game, I believe it was. Let's see. So he went, yeah, 5 of 10, 5 of 10. So three points. 10 three-point attempts in each of the last two games. He is getting out there, and he's getting shots up, and he looks super spry and super athletic, and I think that he's trying to prove a point to both himself as well as, like, team and fans who may have had doubts about whether or not he, like, how he was going to come back because, obviously, he's been banged up throughout his first couple of years of his career, so he's probably like, look, this is the guy that I am. All I got to do is stay out here and stay healthy. Yeah. He has gotten better in every game so far, too. Uh, he started the year uh, against the Jazz, and he played fine uh, that game. It wasn't like a bad game, especially considering the context of he's coming off of an injury. And to your point, he is probably the reason he's playing uh, back-to-backs and that sort of thing, because we talked, uh, media here talked to Michael Malone uh, during preseason, and he was asked, like, so MPJ was the only player to play in all five preseason games. What was the driving force behind that? And he said that Porter was the one who wanted to play in all those games. He was the one getting, uh, he had a talk with Malone and he was like, listen, I, I've missed so much time already. I want to play in every game I can and I want to stay in my rhythm. And that in, even before the season at entry, uh, at media day, he said, I don't really know if resting is the best approach for me because I just want to play. So 
I think that we will continue to see him play a lot of games, maybe not all 82 or anything, but I do think we will see him play more than Jamal Murray. Uh, he looks further along than Jamal Murray, not a shot at Jamal or anything. Uh, just, you know, Jamal missed more time. His injury was more serious and there is more runway for him than Michael Porter. It, it seems last night against the thunder, he had 22 points, eight of 15 from uh, shooting five of 10 from three and had uh, a steal on a block. He has been doing uh, better defensively as well than I think he was when he uh, last was playing. Not that he's been particularly good on that end, but uh, especially against the Warriors in the first half, it was rough to watch, but he had the block against Steph Curry down the stretch uh, last that right there uh, still might against be the Warriors. one of the best defensive plays he's ever made. Like, I, oh like, yeah, no, it, it's probably the that best. right there was an yeah. amazing play. That and then the this play was I think during his like first year of play against the Bucks, where he was on the like if you're looking at the basket, he was on the left wing guarding somebody at the at the arc like the midway part of the arc, and he got across the floor and got a block on somebody in the opposite corner. Like that play, and then like his ability to slide with Curry on that on that play, and then get that block late in the game. That was huge. I saw him on Curry, and I was like, "That's not what we want to see." But it was it was fantastic. And I mean, he's not going to get he's not going to get that block every time. Like Curry's going to get the better of him because Curry's a, a fantastic player. But that was a outstanding play, and I was like, "That's that's the guy. That that's the guy that we've been waiting to see." And I hope that that continues as the year goes on. Yeah, there was a possession last night, too, uh, against Shea, where he, I don't think it was a block, but he stayed in front of him late in the game, and, like, it resulted in Shea having to pass out uh, or missing a shot. Like, he altered the shot on Shea late in the game, and then also had that uh, block against Curry, which is probably the best we've seen of him on a one possession like defensive like sample and he has been locking in more on that end he has genuinely impressed me with uh his focus because like if he's late in the game from what we've seen this season i don't hate him defensively honestly as much as i was anticipating he has had his fair share of misses and bad rotations and whatnot, but in isolation situations, he's been like fairly okay uh, on defense, which is what we've been wanting to see for him for a long time. And it's, if he can take steps on that side of the floor, I like him closing even more than I already did. Like he genuinely has just gotten better, it seems. And offensively, he's basically the same player that we saw before he got hurt. He's back to averaging right now 18 points a game on 50, 50, 80 splits. That's insanely efficient for someone who is 6'10. And it's not like he's taking low volume threes or anything. He's shooting eight threes a game right now and has shot five of 10 in both of the last two games. He is arguably like a top three pure shooter in the league. 
he is going to be key to the Nuggets moving forward. And so far, he has done uh, a lovely job of what the Nuggets need him to do this season. He has been uh, their second option, uh, seeing as Jamal Murray has, you know, been in and out uh, a little bit, and he's getting his legs back under him, which, again, not a shot to Jamal, but just he's filled in where they needed him to. And he's averaging uh, 1.7 uh, stocks a game. He's averaging a steal and 0.7 blocks. That is more than I was anticipating from seeing uh, from Michael Porter this early on, and I hope to see it continue. I got to say, one other, I think that teams need to be kind of afraid of Denver for like a very big reason. Nikola Jokic is playing the exact type of basketball that he wants to play, and Denver's winning. Like, and Jamal Murray is not like they beat they beat Golden State on the road with no Jamal Murray, and they did it with like all five of their starters put up, like all of them took at least ten shots. Everybody scored at least ten or more points with Aaron Gordon being the only guy. Aaron Gordon shot five of twelve in that game, but he took six threes, so that was a little much. But like this Denver team is playing the type of basketball that they on offense at least. Like they they have some kinks to work out on defense, and we'll get to that in a minute. But like Denver's Denver's offense is exactly what Jokic wants. Like I was sitting there and I I for those that don't know, I do gambling stuff, and I was talking to some people that had bet on like Jokic scoring. Like they had Jokic like over a certain amount of points in the first quarter of the Thunder game. And I'm sitting there and I look at his stat line. He's got like I think three or four rebounds three or four assists, and I'm like, that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to shoot if he doesn't have to. He is more than okay with if he finishes a game with 15 assists and, like, 13 points, and they win. He doesn't care. Like, Jokic doesn't even have to take over games right now, and Denver is still winning the game. Like, yeah, he had 11 free throw attempts in that game against Golden State, but he, so that is all, like, if you factor in that he had, like, five, like let's say five extra shots that would have counted, so there, there, like he would lead the team in shots, but everybody else is like KCP had fourteen in that game. Bruce Brown had ten. Aaron Gordon had twelve. Michael Porter Jr. had twelve. Bones Highland had ten. So there's a lot of guys taking shots on this team. It's no longer just the oh Nikola Jokic had another game where he went twenty of thirty because no one else on the team can score and no one else can shoot. There's a lot of shooters that he's surrounded with right now, and I know that I'm gonna I'll let you talk about this guy in a minute. Like KCP has been great. He's been everything you could ask for and more. He went. In the game against Golden State, he went three of six from three. He had two steals on the night. He had four rebounds. He, so he did what you needed to there uh, against OKC. He had an even better game. He had a seven of 13, six of 10 from three-point range, which is just huge. Uh, he had 21 points, which was second on the team to only Michael Porter Jr. I mean, there's not... I think KCP right now has been absolutely the acquisition of the offseason for Denver so far. That's not a shot at Bruce Brown or anybody else, but... KCP has been over the last two games, at least everything that they've wanted. Absolutely. Uh, I have enjoyed watching KCP as like the role player for this team. The love that this city had for Aaron Gordon during that first stretch with the team, I think is going to be a similar, it will show up again for KCP. Both of those guys were acquisitions that, the team made at the perfect time for uh, what they needed. Aaron Gordon was got when they needed a defensive forward. They needed a guy who could play with athleticism and they got that in Aaron Gordon. And now they needed a three and D wing 
who is smart, who knows how to play, who knows where to be at any given point, is a hard-nosed defender, can shoot the lights out. And they got that in KCP. They did trade ball handlers, which has shown, but KCP has more than made up for that, in my opinion. And he he's shot 50% from three on the season, and I that will that will go down. But I think projecting him to be a 40% or above three-point shooter is not ludicrous. Like, he shot 40% last year. He shot 39% last year, 41% the year before that, 38.5% the year before that. He has a precedent of being a very good shooter, and I think with the looks that he has been generate that he uh, and Jokic have like generated with each other where he will just be open for whatever reason. Teams will just let him be and Jokic will find him with a cross court pass that happened a lot against the thunder. And a lot of that has to do with the thunder uh, bringing doubles constantly against the nuggets and against Jokic specifically. But that is not going to be a super uncommon look like he will He's been able to find the soft spots in the defense. He's been able to find where he will be open. And if he's open, he has a great chance of making it. And Jokic will find him every time. And then another thing is he's been really good, at least the last two games, in DHO situations, which is a big part of the uh, Nuggets offense, and especially pre-last season when Jamal Murray and Michael Porter were healthy. A lot of Gary Harris's looks came from dhos a lot of you know just the role player looks come off of dhos with Jokic, and he's done a phenomenal job with that the his jumper just looks like it goes in every time and when he gets a, a look from the elbow off of a dho from uh Jokic, i feel very good about those looks going down i feel super good about where kcp is right now and defensively he's been an impact player, which is what you needed from him. He's been a intelligent, uh, high IQ, knows where to be defender on top of having surgical precision with his hands. He gets the ball like deflected in passing lanes. He'll pick your pocket. He is getting a lot, a lot of uh, those sorts of just ticky tacky, like, will annoy the hell out of the other team sort of swipes and he will continue to do that. That is his game. And he has been just phenomenal. He's been great. Calvin Booth uh, throughout the off season, we said he did a good job. His acquisitions have looked even better in the, in the regular season than we thought they would. Bruce Brown has been a great defender. He's uh, a large part of why they won against the Warriors. He, once he develops the chemistry with Jokic, because they've already been playing off of each other well, once Bruce Brown develops that chemistry with Jokic of knowing where they will be and all that sort of thing, he will be such a key cog to this rotation. He already is, but he will just get another tier up in, in that importance. And then Christian Brown has been very impressive as a rookie. Uh, his defensive uh, discipline, his tenacity, and uh, he's started shooting well, which is what we were waiting to see uh, in summer league and in uh, preseason. and in preseason. Uh, 
he's been a lot better than he was in, in both those spots. And he sticks with guys. You're not going to have to worry about Christian Brown uh, losing his man. And uh, they tried to get more defensive personnel. And the personnel that he uh, acquired this offseason has been very good defensively. There are defensive concerns with the team, but I think it looks better than what the stats would say right now, especially uh, considering the sample size and that one of those games was the Jazz game where it looked atrocious, but the last two games have looked better and they're getting more comfortable as they go along. Yeah, I think that like my main concern right now, if I was going to name one, would be like the bench, like defense slash the offense win guys are standing around um we kind of talked a little bit about this before we got started here where bones highland i think fits better with the starters than he does with the bench right now i just think because i think that when he's with the starters he try he doesn't he try he fits in better versus when he's with the bench i think that he's trying to do too much uh similar to the the old uh like lebron quote that he said to kevin love when Kevin Love just felt like he was trying to fit in and it just wasn't working. And finally, like LeBron said, like stop trying to like fit out or fit in or whatever. It's like stop trying to find a way to fit out and just fit in. Be a part of something special. Just my thoughts. So that's what like LeBron said talking about Kevin Love. And I think that Bones Highland, when he's with the starters, I think that he fits in. Like he just plays along with the offense and just does what he's supposed to do. And it works. But when he's with the when he's with the second unit, I think that he is so convinced that he has to be the guy. He is everything has got to go. He's going to be the one that has to do it. He's got to take the big shot. He's got to t- he's got to initiate everything. And when he's doing that, it just slows everybody else down. Everybody else stops moving because they kind of know that bones the ball's not going to get to them anyway. There was a play in the Jazz game, which it, again we got to take everything with a grain of salt here because it is such a small sample size, but. There, it's things that Bones is doing that he didn't that we saw last year, and we but we don't see him do the same, make the same mistakes when the starters are on the floor. Like he he drives in, and he's got I think it was it was either Bruce Brown or KCP or somebody, maybe it was, uh, Devon, it was Devon Reed, is wide open on the wing. Like he's got he's got a he's got an open spot to hit him, and Reed would be able to get up a three point shot and in. When there's not a lot of time on the clock, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Like, All right, that's fine. But when there's like there was ten plus seconds left on the clock, he had plenty of time. He could have easily hit Reed, but he was in his mind. He's like, I'm shooting this ball, and that's what he was locked in on. And that like so when the offense does that, it bogs down. And then what happens is those plays in my mind are they're not listed as turnovers, but they kind of are because Bones is now is going to be buried underneath the rim. So he's not going to get back in time. So the rest and the meanwhile, the defense is off and running. They're going so or like the the other teams off and running. So now you're behind the play and then other teams get a bucket and then momentum starts and then bones presses more and then it just continues to snowball down the hill. And then that's how your defense ends up looking bad. Like they end up being like minus nine. Like when I was looking at the, the first half stats. So the bench in the first half of the Nuggets Thunder game. Uh, Christian Brown was minus eight. Bruce Brown was minus nine. Jeff Green was minus seven. Bones was minus six. And Zeke Naji was minus four. And Zeke Naji was minus four in 
six minutes while going two of three from the floor while he was out there. Meanwhile, the bench was, or the starters were Jamal Murray was plus 10, KCP plus eight, Jokic plus four, Aaron Gordon plus seven, MPJ plus five. The bench was actively worse and was taking them out of the game. And this isn't, and like the bench has got talent. I mean, Brown, uh, Christian, Bruce, Green, Bones, Zeke, that's a, that's a pretty good like second unit. Like that, I think that, I mean, Bruce would definitely start for some teams. Bones would start for teams. Zeke and Jeff Green would start for like some deeper teams, like the, or like for some lower end teams. But like there's too much talent on this second unit to, have as many struggles as they do have and I'm not sure what the issues are right now I like I don't know how you fix them because there can be times when they look super good like against Golden State was is the prime example that second unit against Golden State I I think won them the game like the starters sealed it but the bench is the reason that huge run happened yeah uh like the bench will have to be a talking point, I think, throughout the entire season. And I think that's likely where the... uh, I think that's likely where we will see roster changes if they do happen. This starting five is probably locked in for the next few seasons. Like, I feel none of those guys are going to get moved. Uh, But I could see near the deadline if, you know, the bench needs a better big some trades being made or if they need another ball handler, maybe Ish Smith gets inserted into the lineup, you know, different things like that. I, I just want to get ahead of this. I don't mm-hmm. want Ish Smith in the lineup. Okay. It, it could, it could be, it could purely be like preseason stuff or it could purely be just like, he's only played in garbage time. But whenever I've seen Ish Smith on the floor, it has not been good. It has been just him having the ball him taking the shots no one no one else is getting the ball when he's out there i i kind of disagree i like ish smith in not like in a sixth man sort of role but i think if you need a ball handler for spots he can do stuff i think like there wasn't a ton of playmaking from him in the preseason uh, and that sort of thing but i think that if he were to get extended run, he would be fine doing that. Like he's been in the league for uh, 10 seasons, uh, like, or a long time. Uh, and he knows how to do that. If they need it, I wouldn't love seeing and having to rely on him uh, every night, but right now they would need to make another trade uh, to get another bench ball handler. If it's not bones or ish. Uh, yeah. No, and I'm not saying that, like, I think that he could be that guy. I'm just saying from what I've seen in the preseason. Like, I've watched, I watched Ish when he was in, I think he was in Detroit, I think it was. Uh, like, but, like, so I covered him then, and he can be, like, a kind of ball handler type of guy. Like, that is, that is a thing that he can do that is in his repertoire. But I'm just talking about what I've seen of him here in Denver. Like, in, in Denver, he's just not been super like distributor type and maybe he would be that if he was at the second like it let's say like if they put bones off the ball and but but the other issue you run into who are you taking minutes away from if ish is in that second because like you can't take him away from bones can you yeah i mean 
probably not. I wouldn't anticipate it, but Bones this season has yet to crack 20 points in a game. Or not 20, well, 20 points, yes, but 20 minutes, rather. Uh, the most he's played is 19-15 against the Warriors, and that was in a game where Jamal Murray didn't play. He played 16 minutes opening night and 14 minutes last night. I think Malone wants more than what he's getting from Bones, and rightfully so. Bones has been pretty bad uh, overall. He did have a good game against the Warriors and was a big reason why the bench had a good uh, stint in the first half. But in the other two games, he's been really bad. His defense looks really bad. I think we'll see better games from Bones. Uh, I would anticipate it at least, uh, seeing as, you know, he is talented and presumably got better uh, from last season. I hope these are just early season jitters, uh, but like last night he had one point shot 005 from the field, three assists, uh, one turnover, two fouls in 14 minutes and didn't get uh, looks that you would expect the alleged six man to get. So, I mean, I think at that point, you take him away from Davon, probably. He's been, in my opinion, the odd man out uh, and makes the most sense to, like, sub out personnel-wise. Whether that be for, like, Christian Brown, honestly, uh, we saw... We didn't see uh, Davon with the second unit last night. We saw Christian Brown get that spot, and I think Brown did better. Uh, so I think that is going to be the unit moving forward. We also saw Zeke Nagy instead of DeAndre Jordan, where I don't think that'll be the unit moving forward. I think that that was probably because DeAndre Jordan is, you know, he's getting older, back-to-backs, and they probably wanted to see what Zeke could provide, but he didn't play well last night. Uh, He needs to finish stronger at the rim. I know he shot two of three from the field, but there were multiple times where if he was just a little stronger, he could have... gotten another basket he could have gotten uh, another rebound uh, because he didn't get a rebound last night and also had four personal fouls in nine minutes Uh, he's just not where you need him to be and I don't think you can rely on him I don't think you should rely on DeAndre Jordan either but he's been better than I anticipated Uh, not to say he's been like great or anything but he was better in that Warriors game than he was against Utah which is not hard to do and uh, he's not going to be playing too much anyways because Jokic is, you know, playing so many minutes. I think that that is a position you probably look to upgrade at some point this season is just a ben- better bench big. Uh, against the Warriors, I, or I think it might have been the Jazz. In one of those two games, we saw a unit with Jeff Green at the five, and that unit did better than what the bench unit was doing uh, previously in that game. So, yeah, it was the Utah game. Uh, but I don't know if you love Jeff Green as a five in the playoffs. He's been solid for the Nuggets so far this season and in a reduced role from last year in reduced minutes. He's been providing the things that you uh, would assume Jeff Green would be providing. But I think if we do see a change, it will come as a, a better backup uh, five. Whether that be a trade, whether that be going out and signing somebody, I do think at some point in the season they will need to address that but so far i think the bench will be uh, bones bruce brown uh bruce and then christian brown and then uh 
Jeff Green and DeAndre. That would be the one I expect to see the most, and we will have to see how uh, those kinks iron out as the season goes along. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I kind of, like I wrote about this on Friday, for those that didn't see, so uh, DeAndre Jordan is, he, he, and he, and he immediately proved me wrong. Like on Friday night, he went out and like in his first stint on the floor, he just, like he looked great. He he was flying. He had a couple of dunks. He had uh, he had more rebounds. He just he looked better than he had looked in game one against the Jazz. Uh, and I think that we're going to see more games like he had against the Jazz than we're going to see games like he had against uh, the Warriors. So I I think that if I was going to say like right now, oh, there's a team, there's a spot that needs upgraded. I would far and away say that it is the that it is the backup center position. Um, would you want DeMarcus Cousins? I That's a, a tough one. I don't think DeMarcus Cousins is coming back to the Nuggets at any point. Um, they didn't bring him back this offseason, and there hasn't been like a concrete reason told, but I would assume it's because of locker room stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, and... I wasn't so much like suggesting it. I'm just kind of looking at like available guys and um like available centers from last year. The only other one that I would have any mild interest in and I don't even really have interest would be Tristan Thompson. I just don't want the like all of the other stuff that comes with him right now. Yeah. Maybe but, uh, Hassan Whiteside. I I don't want the Hassan Whiteside cuz Hassan Whiteside just does the like he's one he's 33 so he's not even like young. He just and he just does the like he just wants his stats. That's all he's ever been about. He's he's essentially like Russell Westbrook. He's just playing center. Cuz like Russell Westbrook has always been about stats. Hassan Whiteside has just always been about his stats. That was the issue that he had in Miami where he just all he ever wanted to do was for like rack up stats and then everybody would be like look how good of a game Hassan Whiteside had. He had like five blocks tonight. And it's like okay, yeah, but but he was bad when he was out there. He was just hunting blocks. It's like a it's like a corner that just like Trayvon Diggs hunts like picks for the for Dallas. That's what he does. His whole thing is trying to get interceptions. So that way, at the end of the year, he'd be like, "Look, I had eleven picks this year." It's like, yeah, but you also led the league in yards given up and receptions given up because go for these big plays and then it, you get burned, and then it gives up a ton of yards after the fact. So Hassan Whiteside just does the same thing. Like he goes for, like he goes for, he doesn't play sound defense. And I think that if you like are getting a guy off the street to play like backup center for you, all you want him to do is play solid defense and like roll to the rim. You don't, I don't need you to do literally anything else. I don't want you, like, I don't want one of the shooting. I don't want one of the shooting bigs. I don't want a guy that's going to like shoot threes. I want a guy that's going to go out there, set screens, roll to the rim, and then on defense, he just he is a problem around the rim. He doesn't have to be like an elite shot blocker. I just need him to deter people. So like, if Bones gets beat, they they don't just have a free run to the rim. I want a guy that's like, hey, yeah, no, you're not going to shoot on me today. Yeah, I I think like that probably comes in a trade then. Um, like Daniel Tice maybe, uh, Gorgie Chang maybe, or Yaka Pirtle, uh. Like one of those guys, I think makes. I was trying to think of guys that might be available. I just don't think Pirtle would be. Like, do you think Pirtle would be available? I mean, the Spurs are gonna be tanking this season, probably. I I think there's a possibility he becomes available. He's probably like too good for the role that the Nuggets would need him for, though. Like, yeah, I think at some point you probably this season. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw like a Zeke trade with 
some salary filler for like a better five and like maybe another thing. I don't want to lose Zeke, but like that's probably what ends up happening. Yeah. What happened to Robin Lopez? Where's he at? Is he in uh, Orlando? He, uh, he might be on Orlando. I'm not. Orlando I'm not has sure. like 40 centers. Can we just trade with Orlando? I mean, do they have a good center though? That's the real. They have Wendell Carter Jr. and they have Mo Bamba, who they just paid this offseason. Yeah. I mean, Wait, yeah, no, he's I, not I on. know they have. Where is he? He's not on. Mo Bamba's on the Magic. Uh, uh, no, uh, no uh, Lopez. He's on Cleveland. I, I just uh, okay. And yeah. and Cleveland has and yeah and Cleveland has Jared Allen and then Evan Mobley. So there we go. There there's the deal right there. You go to Cleveland who has Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Like I guess Robert or Robin Lopez is probably playing your backup center minutes, but like you can like they can move off of him, can't they? Probably. He's only one year, two two million dollars. So like they don't have a huge commitment to him. He would be the perfect piece. Like, because all he's going to do is go rebound. He's never going to shoot. And he's a decent player. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll probably get some more uh, feel for who would be available and that sort of thing later in the season. But those are some names early on to maybe take a look at. But yeah, other than, other than that, uh, yeah. Any, any other topics we should get to or. You think that's a good pod? No, I think that's all I got for today. Uh, with the season being back, uh, we're going to try and do two episodes a week. Uh, I'm sure that we'll miss some weeks here and there, but uh, with season being in effect, there will be content to talk about on a more regular basis. Uh, I know, me personally, I'm not going to, I don't want to commit to a single day, like say, oh, we're going to release episodes every Monday and then every Saturday. Uh, just We're probably going to play it by the way the schedule works out. So like, if the team plays like three games in a week, and the final game of the week is on Friday. We'll probably have an episode come out Saturday. Like so, looking at the schedule for this week, uh, Denver plays on uh, uh, tonight. Uh, when you guys are here on this Monday, uh, they play Wednesday, and then they play again Friday, uh, and then they play on Sunday against the Lakers again. So we might do one on Thursday, uh, or we might have one coming out on Saturday. It just kind of depends on uh, the way the schedule works out. Uh, but yeah, we should be expecting two episodes a week for you guys moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, with that being said, uh, thank you guys for listening uh, to any, uh, if any Ace or Arrow people are listening, happy Ace Visibility Week. Uh, other than that, you can find our work on denverstiffs.com. Uh, you can, uh, our Nuggets related work, you can find uh, Gage's other work uh, at G. Bridgeford NFL on Twitter. You can find mine at Ashley NBA on Twitter. Those will be linked in the episode notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good one. Peace. This episode of Believe in Nuggets was presented by Bet Online. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.